Amazon tiene todo lo que necesitas para tu dormitorio, desde productos esenciales hasta ropa y decoración e incluso ropa de cama para... Si, 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 si estás activas. Y si estás regulares también. Ahorra en todo para la universidad en Amazon. All right. Well, Daryl, this is the day. My, my chance to host the Toronto Real Estate Show. My, my, my moment has arrived. Oh, I just screwed up my phone. Your moment has arrived. My Hold moment on has arrived. I'm looking, I've been Wait, waiting I, for this day for you to be away from I, your computer long enough. I thought you were the host. I'm, I keep telling people you're the host. That way anything goes wrong. I can just point Then the finger at fault. you. Yeah. All right. I will. I'm, just, I will I'm a permanent guest. You are the permanent guest on the Toronto Real Estate Show. All right. Well, that's good to know. So we're doing two remote shows back to back. This weekend, you are away and I am at home base. And next yeah. weekend, I'm away and you will be at home base. So the, the level of dedication is sickening. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. I don't think anybody else is doing myself? the things that we're doing. Which side of you am I on right now? Uh, you're on the left side of the screen. I am on the left side of the screen. So does it look like I'm looking towards you or away from you right now? You know what? Let's not worry about that, but it looks good no matter what. This is, this is why I'm the host, okay? Because I yeah. worry about these things. Because you worry about these things. Turn your, tilt your head to the um, shoulder that's on the fireplace side. Yeah. That way? That'll be, that'll be now looking at me. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, so I'll try and keep that up, but I wouldn't count on it. So, so what's new? So this week now, let's just do a quick little recap here. So last week we talked about your new purchase. Very exciting. Uh, now you've got the week after. How does it feel? That is an excellent question. An excellent question. Um, I'm not sure. So I feel like I've been completely disconnected from the market since, since we bought the house. So what, what goes through my head is like, I wake up going, you know, I read a lot of articles about the cooling and cooling and like, uh, things are cooling and I'm like, fuck, we bought at the peak, man. Did we buy at the <laughs> peak? And then I was like, hold on a sec. I'm, I thought I was a co-host of the Toronto real estate show. So I got to rethink the thought. So I'm the host of the Toronto real estate show. Like I got to know what's going on. I don't think I bought at the peak. But like those, those I, thoughts are popping in. Like, you know, was that stupid? Did I pay too much? Well, maybe we took, we were too fast. We didn't look enough. Yep. Most of those thoughts that creep in are in the voice of my wife in my head. Yep. I don't think that they originated with me, <laughs> but. Uh, And they're they, normal. They, This is normal. Every buyer feels the same way. Even real estate agents, even experienced investors. I never felt this way ever when I bought like a new home from a builder in the past, because it was a fixed like, price. Well, and I, I understood different. the market in those environments. Like yeah. this one, I still can't figure out, but I believe still very strongly that even if it looks like it's cool, and even if it feels like it's cool, which you're going to tell me if it even is, because I don't yeah, know. We didn't some, talk some weekly updates. Yeah. But like, if it is cooling, I believe it is super temporary and it's just because it's like, you know, everybody's sick. Nobody understands. Everybody's fed up and so it's like summer. Let's talk But about I, exactly what you just said. So you, you just said you, when you bought a brand new house from a builder, you didn't have this feeling, but now because you bought in an open market from a private seller, that was, you know, there was multiple offers. There was, you know, you, you used your, your own um, valuation skills ever. Right. But it was the nuttiest market ever. Like we, I don't think we figured it out. We figured out how to buy a house in the market. We didn't figure out how to value it properly and know that we paid the right amount. It doesn't matter now. Let me tell you this though, but let me, give me give you good, give you good news. When I go okay. and buy um, I need good a, news, an iPad, okay. From Apple. Yeah. It's a fixed price. I go, in, I go in there and the price is listed and that's what it is. And I know that everybody else has to pay that same price. So that's after I buy it, I walk price. away and I'm like, I bought my iPad. I paid the $800, whatever it is. And now yeah. I've got the iPad that I want. So that's those thoughts don't come up. But if I go and buy an iPad off the guy in the parking lot, off the back of the truck, right? 
for $300. Now my brain starts telling me, did I overpay? Did I buy a, a faulty iPad? Is it even a real iPad? Is there going to be something wrong? Should I have gotten the warranty because it's Correct. an open market and I've lost the, the control? That's why a, a market where it is fixed and that there is a you know reputable seller and that you know that all the other consumers have to pay the same price is a much more comfortable market to buy in. Well, but hold on, add to the, add to the mix that like, you know, this is not a track home. So there isn't the same house down the street that, you know, is exactly. in the same shape with the same yard and the same exactly. kitchen. And, you know, it's like, but th this is what it is. And so you tell me, because the big question, who gives a shit? Listen, people felt like last week was a TK special, like a, like a commercial. And we all know that it wasn't. But okay. I don't want this to be a commercial about the house. I, I want to know as a consumer in the market now, what the fuck's going on out there, TK? Is it cooling? Did let I me, screw up? Let me let me just finish that that thought that we had there. And just to give you the the realtor perspective, we yeah. feel the same way when we buy and sell for our clients. Right. Did we get the uh, highest price? Is that was the neighbor gonna get for more? Should we have waited? Like there is no way to be able to say a hundred percent. So that's why when we do our job, the most important thing is that we have um, all the control points that we possibly can have in place. You know, so that we we put the house on the market at the right time. That we got it. You know, looking its best. That we priced its best. That we allowed the showings in. That we negotiated. That we got. You know, all those things that we know. It's a system, and at the end, the results are out of our control and the exact same goes on the buying side we look as many properties as we can we do our research we negotiate we try to look out for issues with the home all that kind of stuff and at the end of the day the market price will be out of our control and that's those are the things that you know we have to remember but the same feelings in, in real estate and then luckily in the market that we're in which is slamming still this week this week, um, you know, good, good market this week. I had uh, a listing where I put it up. Um, this is actually a good story. So let's do the deal of the week. So I put up a house. Deal of the week. The, I'll put the theme song in here. But you know, so. the uh, house went up about two weeks ago or something like that. And the next day, unfortunately, my client's mother passed. So she called me and she said, let's just not do showings tomorrow. We'll take a break. And immediately I thought if we miss out, and it was a Sunday that she wanted to take off. I said, if we miss out on the six showings that we had booked on that Sunday, that is going to impact our results. The Thursday when the offers were set, so I said, we can't do that. And I said, you need to take some time. You let me know when you're ready. We're taking it off the market. So we had one showing that came in Friday night, Saturday morning. She called me. I canceled. I, I suspended the listing, took it off the market and gave her some time. She ended up having the funeral, everything Wednesday. She called me and she says, I'm ready to go. I said, we're going back on tomorrow. So the Thursday I put it on. Now I had put it on Thursday, I think afternoon. And I had one showing on the Friday and I had a total of seven showings booked between Friday to Sunday total. When I put it up the next Thursday, which was um, not the Thursday that just passed, but the one before, I had 22 showings booked by the end of Friday. Where is this house? Weekend and everything. New Market, Young and Davis. New Market. What? The? Okay. Okay. So it was like last week we were not. So I told her, I said, your mom's looking out for you. She, she. <laughs> Yeah, she gave you an extra week because there were a lot solid, of issues. Yeah. This, was, this was not a um, unexpected um, you know, passing or whatever. So she was in a home and everything, right? So that was a week that she needed. That extra week actually put fuel on the fire. Really? And, and rocketed her into 50 showings, roughly something like that. I think it was 47 showings in a week, six offers and 211,000 over asking. Okay. And the same house, and I'm not bragging. This isn't my commercial here because the market changes and I, I can't always take responsibility for everything, but the same house that was on her street, that was totally renovated. Hers wasn't with the, with a walkout basement, same as hers on a pie shaped lot on the same street sold for a million three. And we got a million three eleven. So that person Sounds spent similar to hundred plus, plus K in renos. Plus they did, Plus they had a pie shaped lot and she got wow. more money than them still. Yeah. So but I the mean, market's on the move. Moving. The market's wow. on the move. Don't buy it's the hype. Move. Don't listen Don't to the buy naysayers. The hype. Yeah. Wow. Interest rates are low. People so are on. still active, actively looking. 
I read an article this week. I think it was this week. I'm pretty sure it was the last couple of days. That was talking about uh, how people in Canada are searching the term on Google, should I buy a house right now? Like more than ever. And it, it was like, they, they, it's better dwelling. So they've been, I guess, tracking it uh, over the pandemic. And it says that like more than ever, people are searching the term, should I buy a house right now? So what does that mean? That people are fucking confused and they're scared that they will never be able to buy a house, right? Yeah, I remember the, the search term that would made the news um, back in the beginning of the pandemic in, in uh, spring 2020 was um, um, like how, how to move outside of Ontario or how to move outside of Toronto or something like that. Like where are good places to live in Ontario? Like yeah. people were people were actively looking at, you know, small towns and all that kind of stuff, trying to figure out like, where do I go? People just Google stuff. And if you at any given time start looking up the trends and analytics on what people are Googling, see what I Google. you'll find storylines. Eh? I said you should see what I Google. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but you don't just, this is not like a, like, hmm, I, I wonder, you know, why the sky's blue or like, it's like people are asking that to Google because they really don't know the answer and can't figure it out. Yeah. They're hoping Google has the answer. But if you check Google, everybody's as confused as you. It's yeah. a very confusing, fast-moving, nonsensical market. The only thing that makes sense to me is that it just keeps going up. It makes sense. Oops, you like my thumb? The only thing that makes sense based on all the actual factors is that it goes up because of the money printing, because of the demand, because of the supply, like what the fuck else do you need to add into this equation? Now, well, let's, we got let's schools opening and cities opening. And like, I saw, I saw some crazy incentives to rent for students. Did you see? There was an article that came out. People are incentivizing students to, to sign a lease now for 12 months. And if school gets canceled again, you can live there for free. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff They're up. betting. They're betting People that are betting it's not on the closing ever again, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're also saying, maybe I can get some money in between a first and a last and maybe a couple of months before school gets canceled and not be empty the whole year like I just was. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know why you would do something like that. Who? I mean, there are very few cases. I mean, the chances of this thing coming back again are, are probably well, slim. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. But at first, let's just finish the point that you had made there, because I think that that's important. I'm not going to share my screen. I'm just going to talk about what, what it is here. So I just went into the Canadian Real Estate Association stats website. So this is something that I think is an important part. Um, so they just talk about like, I wanted to know like where like net migration is in Ontario. Cause they keep talking about, there was one article that was talking about how people are leaving Ontario more than ever. And that, um, BC and Quebec were the provinces that people were going to. So I kind of wanted to see what was going on. Right. BC so, was one? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what they said, Daryl. So I'm well, going to go to the second most expensive province. Because there's a lot of other cheaper places in northern BC, and and it's also a nice, beautiful right. place to live, right? So, All right, on, so we've had BC two positive, two po we've had two consecutive quarters of positive net growth. All right, because we had um, declines in net growth in the second and third quarter of 2020, but now the end of 2020 and beginning of 2021, we're actually populations are growing. So, 15,000 people moved to Ontario from other provinces in the first quarter of 2021. Um, this is down 6% from a year earlier, okay? Um, yeah. Fewer people came to Ontario from British Columbia and Nova Scotia compared to a year earlier. So I guess not as many people feel the need to come to Ontario for jobs, right? I mean, that's just what it is. 21,000 people left Ontario for going elsewhere in Canada, an increase of 13% from the same period last year, okay? So that's a big number, right? So 13% more, a couple thousand more people left Ontario this uh, first quarter than they did last year and they're leaving for British Columbia and Com and Quebec and Quebec that accounted for the most um interprovincial inter moves the result was a net loss of 5600 people 
from Ontario's population, which is strictly just people who are already in Canada. But as far as international, we lost, yeah, just for Canadians moving around the country, we had a net loss. But when you add in the international immigration of 38,000 people to Ontario's population in the first quarter, this was an increase of 15% from the same period in 2021. So we actually have a net increase of 33,155 people to Ontario in the first quarter of this year. Now, why does that matter? Okay. Like that's, you know, great. Population's growing in our What's heads. What's the net to Ontario? What's the net 30, to Ontario? 33,000. So in our minds, we grow up in our school system. We always have this population doubling calculation. And we're always talking about how there's growth. And, you know, they always look at these charts. And Canada's just been one of those countries that has always been growing. You know, we have years of declines and stuff like that, different things, wars and stuff like that. But for the most part, population's growing. So everyone's like, you know, well, the population just must go up and that's just normal. But you have to look at the other side of it is where all these people are going to live. So the Ontario housing starts, starts, how's it? Ontario housing starts chart in the Ontario Home Builders Association website for the first uh, four months of this year. Okay. So January to April, um, we have a total of 27,987 housing starts. Okay. So it's pretty still significant the amount of uh, homes that are being built 12,000 plus in Toronto um, there's still enough properties that they're trying to obviously um, get underway and that's a really 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 good sign um, my concern is a lot of those projects were under construction or under planning already I should say because that's not new that, supply yeah so 12 so, so 12,000 in Toronto right sold already already sold, already had their contracts in place with their, with their uh, builders, already had all those things in place. So what's going to happen now over the next year or two when there's that many less? So if you take out half of the buildings that are being built in Toronto right now, so you take out the 12,000 and drop it down to six, now we're going to be at only about 21,000 housing starts, right? And if you're talking about 37,000 new people, that was just in the first quarter, add another month to that, you know, you're talking about a substantial disparity between how many people are coming in and how many places are going to be built. And I just don't think we've felt it yet. So what I think is, well, hold is, on a sec. What's there's one more factor. So you have like how many empty places are available for the people? Cause that bridges the gap. I mean, I don't think it's enough, but that's a, that's a big factor, right? How many places are available for, for rent or sale? Right, like uh, like vacancy rates. No, how, how many available listings are there right now? <clears throat> um, in the lease world, I don't know. I think we're down to like under Even ten thousand. Even in sales, like those are places for people to live. Oh, I guess the other people need another place though to live too. So holy cow, we're so deficient, and we're yeah. just getting going. Yeah, like when when we'll start to see issues with the market is when those housing starts start to climb up further, and the population can't keep up. We're also still well under populated there's still a major amount of people that are going to be coming to this uh, province right that's so 30 33,000 is a, is in a quarter so if we assume that we're going to have that all year round you know and we're talking about 130 plus thousand people in one year that's, that's a, a lot, low that's a, that's a low of, number too that's a lot of people coming to ontario right and that's, and that's what's going to carry us through. So this, the theory behind all this is, yeah, the economy is doing bad. Yeah, they've got some issues. Yeah, we're going to probably see interest rates rise in the near future and all that kind of stuff. But for there to be a crash, for there I'm to confused, be a point. Though. Is the right. economy doing bad? Yeah, the economy is definitely like unemployment is very high. You got a lot of sectors that, um, you know, have not recovered. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, issues with what people are spending their money on and stuff right now too right so people are, are more in a fear stage right now so everyone's kind of hoarding and they're not really thinking about you know where they can put their money out unless they're going to go to some nice fancy cottages up in like muskoka this place is far from fancy but it <laughs> is luxurious pricing i'll tell you that much yeah and you can only get it for a week yeah, but it, it's got some beautiful features. Wow, it's right on the lake here. Can you yeah, see that? Beautiful. I love it. Yeah, that's great. 
It's crazy. crazy. There's like 8,000 rooms. There's a million of us here too, because we're up yeah. here with uh, the, the brother-in-law's family and the father-in-law, my kids. Nice. It. Yeah. But uh, God, what a great purchase anybody could have made to buy something on the water in Ontario previous Ever. to this thing. <laughs> well, holy point. cow. But like, if we think that the prices in Toronto or Ontario in general, like in neighborhoods has gone bananas, like cottage country, we're in the 55 to 60% over the last year, like increase. It's insane. And not only is that insane, forget about buying something, put it on Airbnb and see what the hell happens. It's insanity. Yeah. yeah. Insanity. I got a couple of Airbnbs like, booked. The place and is it ain't dirty cheap. and gross. It's like, uh, it's not like worth the money, but it's crazy because if you want to do something right now, this is it. It's worth it. You're going up there with family. You're spending time together. Beautiful. It's, Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, zero complaints it's amazing there's board games there's internet like it couldn't be any better there's a lake there's canoes but the price is like out of whack with reality just like the market yeah yeah everything is so disconnected but the, the fundamentals it's it's all about those three things the low interest rates the horrific supply and the crazy demand and i think everybody especially if they watch a show smart enough to know that like it can only ramp up, right? Pandemic didn't mess it up. What's going to mess it up? A meteorite. We're going to need a meteorite to come in and destroy Toronto in order for it to crash this market. And hold on a sec, a crash. Let's say it does crash here. 30%. We're back to last year. A great time to buy. And we're back to last year. So like, It doesn't kill anybody. Some people, but not everybody. There won't be blood in the streets. Yeah. A little blood, I think. But anyway, so hold on a sec. So from your perspective as an agent, you're telling me demand is going to ramp up because we are already short, right? You're telling me that you, you feel and you see like crazy amounts of showings right now. Right. Not crazy amounts of showings on every property. There's definitely a way less showings than there was in March and April. That house in Newmarket that I sold would have had a hundred plus showings a few months ago. So, so, so what other much much less buyers and the growth that we saw is gone. Like we we're not going to grow another thirty to fifty percent all across Ontario. It's just not possible. So let tell me, okay. So it's been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we bought the house. A week? How long has it even been? A week and a half? Whatever it is. Yeah. If, if we were starting today, yeah, would, would our, our approach would not have changed? Yeah, you would have done the exact same thing, but you would have same paid more thing. money. Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't have felt like right now it does not feel any different to you than two weeks ago. It, it felt busier this week, like I said. Busier? Yeah. I put that new, that, bu- that building I put up that I showed you on Western Road. Right? Yeah. So the, the listing of the week here, right? So you've got a 14 unit... Um, apartment building, 13 residential, one commercial, right? Yeah. Four, 4 million bucks. It's a, it's a some development potential. Ama- amazing listing in an area right next to um, Mount Dennis uh, Mobility Hub, which is like, I just, you know, I drove by it. It's like the best station in all of Eglinton. Like it's like really, really, really nice. Okay. Um, and and they, right near the Up Express. It's on the Up Express. There's another station coming there. Right. So it'll be another, it'll be another up, up station, go station to Kitchener, um, end of the line five LRT, TTC buses. They're putting everything. an up station right there, right next to the other one at Weston and Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a super big, it's a super but big the whole station. point of that thing was to have like two stops. Well, maybe they're going to have more stops or less stops. I don't know. What a scam. Uh. <laughs> Right. So, um, the, uh, the traffic there has been crazy too. Right. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about a big listing. You're talking about something really? that you wouldn't think is very, um, you know, there's not a lot of buyers in that price point or for those types of properties. And, uh, you know, it's been nonstop phone oh, calls, nonstop interest, sure. nonstop. Everybody's been, you know, trying to get in there and, and, uh, that's the market that we're in, right. People are confident. Well, it's hard. I think it's hard to find a good, uh, rental 
building these days. Like yeah. you probably have all this huge wreath and pension fund money chasing those buildings if they come out. Where who who's who's calling no, you those, on that kind of stuff? The small time the small time guys, right? But I think the but bigger guys are probably or, thirty or plus units. Developers or not developer interest? Uh, no developer interest that I know of. Everyone seems to all be from the, uh, you know, mom and pop yeah. uh, retail uh, investors looking for another bit to their portfolio, which is not. Yeah, or, or somebody working their way towards Toronto from yeah. Hamilton or somewhere. I was, I was looking up uh, Starlight because I wanted to see more about them. Huge. And huge. they have like 36,000 units. Daniel Drimmer up and down Weston, it was just like starlight starlight they've bought everybody like forget about Weston. go to bathurst street okay drive on bathurst from anywhere up to anywhere and every third building will say starlight on it if they don't own it they manage it yeah it's crazy like smart bathurst and steels to bathurst and eglinton i don't even know how many yeah ridiculous but these guys have billions they know how to raise money and make yeah, it look yeah, like backers. they make money. Yeah. They have big, big, big money behind them. Yeah. And it's growing. Too. Yeah. So that it's makes amazing. it hard but they, for... They're smart. Starlight buys stuff with development potential. They have a lot of development applications in for excess land. So they'll buy something that cash flows right away and they'll redevelop it a lot of times. Or try to Not build all on the, the site. Time. Try and build on the site. Yeah. Like a, For the most part, that's what they do. Rental. Add some townhouses, add another building, like whatever it fits. Yeah. But they buy stuff with more potential. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant the, uh, company. That's the, ch- that's the challenge. Yeah. They're, they're very good at it. And that's the challenge for anybody who wants to be into the multi uh, family space is you're really stuck on the bottom rungs there, you know, to get this one of those hundred, segue. to get one of those hundred, 200 unit buildings, you know, you got to be really working hard to get it. It's a great segue into big news that's been in the States and in Canada lately is these big companies uh, like here in Toronto. I think we even talked about it. Core Developments, uh, they've put together like a billion dollars to buy single family residential houses to rent. Yeah. And you've yeah. got big companies like Blackstone in the States that a billion dollars is like a sip of that tea you're drinking there for them. You know, it's yeah. nothing. And they're buying residential housing and they're yeah. recognizing like, like I, I, I saw a story where they literally bought like a neighborhood, like a yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> Core like, developments hey, is they doing. Went in, they went in, they bought everybody for double yeah. and just bought the whole neighborhood. It's like, if yeah. you want to live here, guess what? You Rent from us. Yeah. Rent from us. Yeah. Core, Core developments reset, doing baby. duplex conversions. Uh, 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 they're converting to duplex. Yeah. Yeah, sure, but it's all single family convert to duplex and yeah, boom. That's what they're buying. That's what they're targeting. So they're they're finding yeah. properties that they can convert to duplex, legal duplexes, which is a yeah. great strategy by the way. Great There's strategy. A, it's a great strategy. In Oshawa, I was I was uh, you know, I had a lot of success and there was a lot of people um, that I was helping and there was a lot of people that I was copying who were just killing it for years converting it's very- duplexes. It's very different. Like these guys are, I don't believe the way that they're operating is like using leverage. Like they're buying stuff cash. They're buying stuff cash and it's just like, boom, this thing is spitting out money. And then maybe later they'll refinance stuff. Maybe. But it, it's, it's, it's you, you don't have to compete in the same price rate point if you're paying cash, right? Because you don't have that big expense of a monthly payment anymore, right? Yeah. Well, they're also looking at if it's got duplex potential, now they're going to be, you know, bringing in double the, uh, double and the rent. Chances increase. are it's like an old rundown grandma's bungalow, right? Yeah. And it's crazy. The house we used to live beside, they were charging like 3000 or 3300 bucks for the main floor of the bungalow. And then the guy in the basement was paying over two grand, yeah. which is insane. They're going into smaller markets. So they're in like Kitchener, London. Yeah, they have to be. Well, yeah. Yeah, so but what what's that doing? I mean, that's where everybody's running to escape. The rent were like seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars still. It was nice. It was but but here, like if people are leaving Toronto to go to those places so that they can afford it. And over there, they gotta butt heads with like the billion multi-billion dollar companies that are in there going, We just want houses. Like this is a long-term play. We don't care if we pay thirty thousand more. 
than you because we're going to own this forever, right? Yeah. We're never going to sell this thing or yeah. we're going to sell the whole portfolio for more money than you can even imagine, right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's not yeah. fair. It's not yeah. competition, but this I is mean, what we're going to have to I deal guess, with. I guess we have to look at it from the standpoint of how else are we going to have housing for people to live in, right? So like there needs to be some motivation for people to build. You, you, this has been the thing that you've been advocating for. What else is going to motivate people to build? What, like, we need to just push more people who are thinking about buying resale and, and converting duplexes and, and whatever it is. Because converting duplexes creates two rentals, creates an extra rental, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what else? Like, what are the solutions for people? Like, if it's not mid rise and high rise, if it's not, you know, new construction, like, where, where, where else are these opportunities? And we need to convert as many properties as possible into rentals. That's how we're going to survive. That's what Europe's yeah. done, right? That's yeah, what a lot of major places have done. There's rental units in every freaking corner of the house. Yeah, but I hate to break it to everybody. The answer is definitely not laneway housing, okay? This will not make a dent. <laughs> No, this is useless. Will not make a dent. Yeah, and it only makes sense to certain people. If you're, if you're leveraged to the hilt because you bought a place downtown that has a laneway with a garage on it, like, what what's the chances that you can afford to build this laneway house for three four hundred grand to rent it out for for two thousand bucks a month? Like the numbers, I don't think make sense unless you just own the land and you can either like you just have cash lying around and it just makes sense. But most people aren't in that situation or, yeah. or, or you refi the house to build that thing to create a cash flow. But then that's yeah. a certain stage of life that becomes dumb. Du duplex, so conversion. Houses, duplex conversion. Beautiful. So that's, so that's the easiest one. Cause what municipalities have is they have like a secondary suite um, bylaw, right? So you can be in single uh, resident, single family uh, residential zoning, but you can apply for a legal secondary suite as opposed oh. to being in duplex zoning or triplex zoning and all that kind of stuff. So God That's damn, the issue. you gotta wait. Yeah, you gotta go apply for a permit and then you gotta go change a window because you need an extra Yeah, okay, but that's, that's fair enough blah, 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 because it's not, a, it's not a rezoning. Yeah, but you know what? Come on, it's my house. I wanna rent the basement. This guy okay, wants well, to rent In the Toronto, basement. you can pretty much do that and no one's coming knocking okay. on your door, right? Oh my God, you can't even build a new house now with a kitchen in the basement, right? Okay. Because it, they want, they don't want to give you a legal duplex. Okay, but that makes sense. So what does you, everybody have to do? You can build it with, you can build it with a um, kitchen in the basement. You just have to follow. Yeah, you need a permit. You need a special permit for that. And it's yeah. and it's a, and it's a serious, um, it's a serious endeavor. So I think another solution then, just you know, speaking off the cuff here, would be instead of secondary suite conversions, it could be. Yeah multi-family suite conversions so now i can go into a i can go into a four bedroom three thousand square foot house in vaughn or wherever maybe somewhere near bathurst and steels i don't know wherever the big houses are and they would then go and walk into the house and say okay we're going to put up a wall here we're going to put up a you know means of aggress here we're going to put up fire um separation here we're going to put an interconnected smoke detectors we're going to have all the necessary uh, tools to be able to convert this four bedroom house into four units and it would be legal. Beautiful. How would, how the, would the neighbors not? think about that? <laughs> right. But, where, but it makes like, sense, why right? Any of their business. I don't even understand how the neighbors matter. Yeah. Sorry. Think about it. My lot. I'm Joe, allowed Joe to Smith. That. Joe Smith wants to create in a neighborhood that has no housing. Like my neighborhood is a good example. My, my neighborhood was built up mostly um in the 70s and 80s you know the majority of the houses and what happened was people were moving because in scarborough the 50s and 60s bungalows were all very small and all that kind of stuff but if you moved a little bit further east you got more for your money so in the 70s and 80s they're building a lot of big two stories and stuff like that too we have like a couple townhouse areas we have no high rises or, or buildings we have everything's like they're, they're bigger houses. They're all on average. They're not massive. There's no mansions, but it's all just mostly bigger houses. So there's not a lot of rentals. If you try to find a rental in my area, it's very tough because there's really not that many basement apartments either. So in yeah. order for us to have more rentals, it would make sense that people would be able to convert their places into multi-unit 
uh, suites and if and instead of rooming houses because that's what people do especially if you go to university of toronto scarborough campus they always get caught or put in the news because they stick eight students in one house or 10 students whatever it is and it's dangerous it's right? insane you- over there though like i remember yeah. when we were we were doing a deal out there and it's like there's nowhere for anybody to live like they the amount of money and the amount of students that go into that property over Nintendo there college utsc it's yeah. insane the amount of traffic over there and then it's just like this this no normal old neighborhood where like one builder just added like 12 houses recently and yeah. that's it no no new construction really much no at all. and then yeah. and then so we get this like three acre site right at the end of the street where you yeah. could put all kinds of student housing like for 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 I don't even know how many units you could actually put on there, but no, sorry. Like 15 or 23 years ago, we made this report and you can have eight stories and at the back, you can have six and stay clear of this beautiful ravine feature because, you know, there's a branch there. So you got to stay 8,000 meters away from it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's so ripe and makes so much sense. And they're bringing a subway there. And it's like, why are these all just single family houses here? Yeah. You can take one of these old bungalows and put up like a four-story, six-story wood structure, the length of the property, and put like, I don't even know how many units in something like that these days where the average size is like under 600 square feet. You can put a lot of units in something like that. And boom. And I'm telling you, I can design it. I can have a, everybody, all the consultants stamp off on it in three months and I can be ready for construction, but it will take three years. At least. And we could have, we could have rows of these things built in a year easily. But you know what's going to be? A bunch of illegal basement apartments and people splitting up their house seven ways illegally where the garage is a unit. Right. Some guy goes through the back sliding door and he's got the family room as his unit. Right. Yeah. There's some side door cut into a window in one place and that guy's got the dining room. And I'm not even joking. Like, that's what these houses are looking like over there. Yeah. Why? You get tax revenue, you get permit fees, you get all kinds of fees and revenue to the city for building this stuff. New sewer connections, like all this stuff. People are making money. People are getting salaries. But what? No, not going to happen. Never going to happen. I get yeah. you a bloody 3D printer and print those buildings in two days. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a housing shortage. Um, and there's solutions, right? So there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely solutions. So I, let's go back to core developments. They're finding a solution. Yeah. So all the people in the world out there can say how, you know, billion dollar companies Beautiful. are coming in and buying our houses and oh, they are creating the necessary rental stock. They are actually mm. keeping prices down for everybody else. But it's hard for people to understand that. Explain this because I don't understand. What are they keeping down price-wise? The purchase price of a house or rents? Uh, rents. Are they? Yeah. Do you think that their, their game plan is to keep rents down for people? I think that because by creating more units, the market yeah. will dictate how much rent they're able to get and are they getting market rent right now absolutely but if we have we had pressure on rents daryl for the last five years in toronto that brought yeah. rents to a point that no longer were affordable because we did we no longer had places to uh to rent out we didn't have anywhere for anyone to live basement apartments were going for seventeen hundred dollars that were garbage in scarborough yeah yeah crazy but this this won't make it down the billion dollar fund won't make a dent. Maybe it'll start something that it'll make a dent. Well, it'll definitely start and it'll definitely take some sort of um, relief off the rental market for sure. Because it's going to add supply. An interesting supply. way of looking at it. Right? It's because what, what, what would have been They're done? Helping. Those houses would have been bought by mom and mom and pop, uh, you know, guys looking to either buy it or, or use it as a single family rental. So now it's only housing one family. Now that same well, house is housing two families. To live in. Yeah, yeah, so but, one family lives in that one house and they don't even right. use their basement. They just say, ah, oh, you know what? Forget it. I don't even use the basement. I don't, I don't need it. I'm going to store all this shit. Store I don't all this stuff it. I don't need down there, right? There you go. The worst, the worst example right now is... Shave. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look at you, Mr. We're opening Handsome. Up. We're opening up the sure. economy again. But, um, but uh, the worst example is the baby boomers who are still in the 3,000 plus square foot houses, similar to the people you bought off of. Yeah, why are you at to what's worst about that? Well, just um, square foot per person is just oh, way see. too high. Did you see? I just saw, I don't know if it's true. I just saw this this morning. Elon Musk sold all of his real estate, which I knew. He'd be doing that. But he more. is living in a $50,000, 20 by 20 pre-made house. Yeah. So Elon Musk needs, you know, how, how, what is it? Uh, 20 it by 20, so 400 square feet. Great. Elon Musk needs 400 square feet, but grandma and grandpa need, need 4,500 4, square feet yeah. of total living space. There should be some sort of like, you know, regulation. There should be a tax or something where it just says like, look, we do oh, our census. Oh. If you got this many people in your house, you're good. But if you don't have that many people in your house, then we're going to start charging you more taxes until you move. That's actually an idea that I, whoa story here that's an actually an idea i could get behind taxing people that live in uh, a larger utilized houses yeah yeah that's a good idea actually yeah you're nobody will ever vote for that guy no way like, no chance I, or or proposition it at the propose it at the uh you know councils but anyway you know what it's a good idea one day we should like co-run and see what happens with our yeah. gigantic following and see we can pull a howard stern and see if we can shake this town up a little there you go all right you you could be the face of it I think it, this one's going to have to be you. <laughs> you I be think face. you're you'll better be the face suited. of it. And I'll just, you know, have some ideas in the background and you'll listen to you one know. out of every eight of them. You know how easy it will be for them to completely assassinate my character and destroy me in the media. It's okay. We'll, we'll prop you up. We'll get you um, yeah. saving no dolphins and shutting down local like cruelty to animal shelters. Are you kidding me? I'm starting yeah. a billion dollar fund to help people lower their runs. Yeah. Right? starting it now you can visit so, my website at so um that's that's something that i think is a, is a big issue so how is core developments going to help it's going to create more units is it going to push some of the prices up higher on the um purchase side hell yeah okay why why yeah because they can afford to pay more we just talked about this Okay. They're going to hang on to this thing forever. It doesn't matter what the price is. They want to create the cash flow now. That will guarantee, if you do the performer on this thing with like normal increases over time for 25, 30 years, the 30 grand, the 50 grand, they pay more now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If, you, if you factor in just even 1% inflation, like over the 30 years compounded, the 50 grand doesn't matter. They're smart. Okay. I so, think, or I'm stupid, one or the other. No, 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 no. I think I think you're you're right, and I'm not saying that I have I have a better answer or not. But in my opinion, the only way that we solve the housing crisis is with condos. <gasps> Hopefully, ones that don't disintegrate while the whole like everybody's living in them. No, these will be permanent thing? structures. And Did you hear about that in Florida? That's a no. permanent structure. What happened? You didn't hear about the condo building that imploded, like just no. collapsed? No. What? No, sorry, man. Are you kidding me? No, I missed it. Wow, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. It's like it was built in China or something. Yeah. It's like those things you see in China that fall apart that happen like, in Miami. Psych, psych. <laughs> we, we just told you you were getting a condo. You're That's getting right. a condo. Didn't you see in the corner of your unit the little sticker that said "Made in China"? <laughs> oh, but it's temporary, anyway. But yeah, temporary. Are condos the answer? I like your idea. I think your idea would create a lot of stock way quicker than condos. Condos take a condo seven years till people are moving in. If you're lucky, five sure. years. But but in areas like Kitchener and Guelph and Waterloo and all these other small towns, um, Kingston and all that kind of stuff, Bowmanville. Barry, right? This is this is a way to solve the issue of where are people going to live. Because remember, when those baby boomers leave their houses because we tax them out, right? How yeah. where are they going to go, Daryl? 
We're just going to take them out. No, they're going to condos condos. because there's two of them and they're going to be in an 800 square foot unit. That's 400 each, just like Elon Musk. And now they are going to be comfortable and they'll be as comfortable as a billionaire. That'll be the sales pitch. Be as comfortable as a billionaire here at Bridges Condos. You have 30 seconds to comply. You have been relocated. You You have been reallocated. Right. So now the families who have three, four kids are getting the bigger houses because they're moving into those houses. They freed them up, which means that they've got a place to go. The, the housing stock gets transferred into the, the ownership of the people who need it the most. The underused, underutilized housing like bungalows and stuff like that that have duplex potential, they create more units. Some sort of multi-unit uh, suite allowance is, is going to create more units in places like University of Toronto Scarborough campus, where you got all these big houses where there's too many people living in one spot and it just wasn't designed properly. I think that will actually help prices if all that yeah. is done at the same time. All right. right now right. let's wake up from our dream, <laughs> shake off the rest from sleeping. Yeah. Cause that's not happening anytime soon. I'm what just saying it's going to happen soon. All What's those things happen? will help. What is going to happen? Like if we play the scenario through where 140,000 purchasing groups or people come into the province, right? Students come into the province, planes are flying all over the place again. Borders are open. Money's still being pumped into the system. Rates go up a quarter point twice. Okay. But like what happens? And hold on a sec. I remember in the last few weeks reading all kinds of reports of people stopping building and putting projects on hold because prices are crazy for commodities, right? So yeah. l- it, when, when you just stop something, it doesn't just start up again right where it left off, right? You got to ramp back up. You got to find the guys. You got to get the materials. Like none of that's even gone through the system yet. Plus every supply chain around the planet is still a bloody disaster, right? So but I have think you seen lumber rest, prices. Yeah, they've the gone down, features. but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Before prices went up, everything was low. Like the supply was low and strained already, right? Yeah. So we know there's no way we're gonna we we couldn't keep up before, and everything's fucked up now. So what are the chances? There's zero chance that we're gonna keep like keep up with anything right now the only thing we're going to keep up with is a shortage the shortage will just keep increasing right until something drastic is going to happen to increase supply or or wane demand what's going to wane demand interest rates there's the only thing that's going to happen but how quickly are they going to raise interest rates realistically they don't want to and crash. When are they the going to start doing it? Right. Because now, like in the States, the Fed's been talking about it because they had some higher inflation. So they're kind of like hinting towards something happening. And they're like, maybe instead of right. the end of 2023, right. we'll do it in the beginning of 2023. And Canada, like, right. know, everybody's hinting at doing it sooner. Bank, Bank of Canada has basically been saying, look, end of 2022. And that, that could be pushed up to the beginning of next year. Right. But we're not going to see something like they saw back in the, 80s where you have 22 percent interest rate never happened doesn't doesn't seem like it no that's just like a way to basically that's kill what it. they said yeah my father-in-law just said that's what we said back then yeah interest mortgage five years right yeah long-term mortgages yeah long-term mortgages for, for 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 like high rates people thought you're crazy and then it actually worked out okay yeah but, Give me a 10 year, 10 year rate. But you don't prop this thing up this much and try so hard to keep this thing afloat to just demolish it in one fell swoop by coming in with a, like, even if you added three points to the interest rate, it's really not so bad, but it'll destroy everything because people freak out. Everybody will freak out about 5% interest rates. Okay. So average mortgage, I would say right now that I'm seeing based on, you know, Pure anecdotal evidence here uh, is about $800,000. I'm seeing some people in that four to five, and I'm seeing lots of people over a million. Okay. This is a mortgage amount? Mortgage amount, $800,000. If interest rates go up 1%, they have to pay an extra $8,000 a year in interest. Yeah. 
out of all the bills that you pay right now, which one would you be okay with paying $8,000 more for without getting anything in return? Right. None. Crazy. No. You'd be pretty upset. So you're either going to make a decision on not buying the house that you want or buy or paying less for the same house. Yeah. Right. Cause that's a big number. Or you get the hell out of that house before it destroys you. So that's, that's the thing is when interest rates do go up. Now, the good news is this interest rates will most likely go up. That's just the way it works. They have to, I mean, they're at nothing. Exactly. But the majority, like two thirds of people have all signed five year fixed rates in the last 12 months. Right. So it doesn't affect any of them. And in five years, then we'll decide on what we think the market should or shouldn't be doing based on interest rates. We're not talking about something that's going to happen in 2021. We're definitely not talking about something that's going to happen in 2022. And we'll see, you know, talk to me in 2026 and I'll let you know if the aliens have taken over yet or not and where, where the world is at because. Oh, you'll hear it here first for sure. Yeah. Because or Mike, really... uh, Mike in the night, Mike Martins. That's probably where yeah, you'll hear him first, aliens. but. Alien invasions will be here there first. That's right. So, all right. Well, so I don't know if you've uh, eased my anxiety at all, to okay. be honest with you. All I think right. uh, I didn't know that I had a responsibility of doing that. You're the host of the Toronto Real Estate Show. What the hell yeah. are you talking about? You Market's have a responsibility. You have no idea what 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 is sitting on your shoulders. Great power comes right great now. responsibility. Yeah, that's right. That's I had to right. press the record button. Well, it That's seems right. like this. It seems like this. You can also it seems press like, it again. It seems like I'm I'm having uh, some good activity on some of my listings. It seemed I was I was showing buyers this week the property that we liked. There was we decided to pass. There was ten offers. Like there's lots of buyers out there, right? Lots so I think pricing is a big thing. If you're priced well, you're going to get the activity, and buyers have no problem paying over asking and paying more for the property. That's what they've been used to, and that's what they've been. Um, uh, you know, built uh, built up to as far as you know their timeline goes. They keep seeing the ones that they like go for way more, and they say, "Well, this is what I got to do." Um, and if you show well and everything's done right, and you got a good property, then you're going to have activity. That's it. It's the, only, it, it's the only strategy, though. Really, is to guess what more is. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, if there's ten guys after every house, like there isn't a house for everybody. No. And you want, you there's want only actually out of the 10 of you, there's only a house for like two or three of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I wonder what the stats are going to be. That's what I'm really wondering. Like when we look at June as a whole, where, where, where does it feel like it went from May? Like May was down, right? May was slow. We thought I it think, was slow, even though it was fast. I think so. Sales were trickling down. So month over month sales were trickling down to May. And I believe that June, they're going to be going back up again. Up from May. Yeah. Little blip. And prices, fuck, the prices are still going. Prices are, are really flat, but prices will be going up. Prices but are very, flat. But they're very flat. Like when we were getting 8% increases from January to February, we were pretty sure that that was not going to be something we would see again. So now to, to see something at 0.8% increase month over month, it's still like a phenomenal seller's market. Right. Just those gains that we saw are gone. Those gains that we saw are gone. Don't don't count on those gains coming back. But also those don't crazy month to month waiting. gains, you mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't see it slowing down. Maybe temporarily, but I think there's yeah. gonna be another spike of that action too. The risk that you take when people find out, the answer of like when Google figures out the answer is yes, you should buy a house right now if you plan to buy one. Otherwise, yeah. it's gonna be more again tomorrow. When yeah. Google just says that, yeah, all kinds of people are going to start buying houses like crazy. Yeah, when when they go, oh my god, like look at how many people are coming in. Look at these reports on immigration, right? Yeah, it's gonna get bananas. If you're buying a rental property, right? This is what I, the way I always look at it because that's usually my mindset as far as you know long term market growth and everything else. If I'm gonna buy a rental property and today's rents are enough for me to be able to sustain the bills, positive cash flow. I got, you know, the pay down that I want. I, I see the, the appreciation that I'm going to have over the years. I see where I can take rents and what I can do with the, with the property. What's the difference if the value of my property goes down to me? 
if I'm hanging if on to that still property make the in the payments, long run. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? But that's but that's the that's that's what I was just thinking. Is like as an there there even though 30 year, 60 year, whatever horizon, we know it's like up, right? Yeah. Consistently up. There's something different that could be part of the mix right now is those increases in mortgage rates, right? That like allow way less people to afford these prices that have gone crazy. Yeah. And now you own a rental property and where do rents go? Rents go up. Rents go rental up. You got a rental property. Go no matter what. No so matter what. If you're what. thinking about buying an investment property and you're and you're trying to time the market or you're trying to say to yourself, I'm gonna, you know, I don't want to buy now because it's gonna go down. You, your mindset is completely backwards, and you and you have not thought about the reasons why you're buying a rental. If you're buying a rental to sell it in a year, that's not you're not buying a rental. You're buying a flip. Yeah. You're just sure. you're just trying you're just trying to speculate and try to get more money out of the market, and that's not the long-term buy and hold investor mentality. No, it is not. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an investor mentality. I'm a, I have a flipper mentality. Okay. Well, let's go now into the single family end user mentality. I'm trying to think more like a long-term owner now. Okay. Well, let's go into it. So now I'm renting and I'm going to go and buy a house. Oh my gosh. I think the market's going to crash. I'm going to buy my million dollar house for 20% cheaper in a, in, in two years from now, right? I'm going to save $200,000. Okay. Say that again. Okay. I'm going to buy my million yeah. dollar house that I want to buy yeah. for 20% yeah. cheaper in two years. So I'm going to save $200,000. Oh, this is somebody's best thinking here coming yeah. out. This is right? scenario. So I'm going to wait, yeah. I'm going to wait and see what happens with the market. Right. So now in those two years, I'm paying rent. Let's call that 36,000 a year, three grand a month, assuming that I'm living in a third, you know, that's not even that great of a place. Unfortunately, the rental market's pretty hot. Horrendous place. Okay. So that's $70,000 that I've just um, spent on rent. Now, if the market doesn't change at all, right. So now that would be a 7% decrease. So if the market goes down 7%, I break even and I've been in a rental the whole time. But if the market doesn't go down at all, and it doesn't stay, it means I've lost $70,000, right? And if it does go down 20%, I've spent $70,000 anyway. So really it's only 130 grand. I've got another property that I'm, you know, not taking care of. I haven't been able to make the improvements to the property. I've had to, you know, live under somebody else's roof, pay somebody else's mortgage. I've lost all the mortgage buy down. So in that, you know, those two years you could have had depending on how big the mortgage was, you could have had another twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 of principal paid off. Yeah. Right. You've got any, anything like, you know, improvements to the home to make it look nicer and all that kind of stuff too. There's other appreciation just because the market went down. Doesn't mean that the house price went down $20,000. So there's all this other appreciation and stuff. How much really have you saved? And, and what, are, and what are the risks if you're wrong? If you're wrong and the market doesn't go down 20% and now you're left there with the $70,000 in rent still being paid, no more market appreciation, no mortgage principal paid down, no um, stability because, you know, the house, because you, you read something online. There's so many YouTube videos right now on the market crashing and all that stuff. It's so crazy it's out there. And people it's, are making these big decisions on a gamble that is, that is not supported by anything factual yet at all in the spec market yeah i don't know how you can even buy like a house these days to knock it down and build a custom house and feel comfortable that you're gonna make a profit right now like how are these guys doing this it's been years i've been saying this it's like yeah that was even before in my my experience a lot of the guys don't make money daryl I witness guys all the time lose money in that, in that area where they think that they can just build a house and they're going to make all this money. Then they're like, Oh, HST. What's that? Yeah. Oh, carry on. Carry on. Jeez. What? I I was going to live in the house. I swear. That's right. Oh, capital gains tax. What? Income income tax. Income income, tax. What do you mean? What? Jeez. And then you got, you got land transfer tax at some point and you got yeah. a commission on top commissions on too, top right? carrying costs the interest like you, those guys aren't getting they're not paying cash they're paying seven to ten percent interest on the money that they're borrowing 
And then this year, as people are like waiting to get their permits or finally got their permits, they got to shovel the ground. The price, everything goes bananas on them. It's, <laughs> it's not so, a. But you, but you know what happens? So, in my experience, at least, the competition isn't all you know locally grown. There's a lot of money that comes in from other places, and, and what happens is okay, like they don't care what the end price is. Either they can afford to lose because their money is in here for a certain reason, yeah. or they can afford to wait to get what they want because they don't give a shit that the house is serving its purpose currently. Yeah, right? in Which North York, it's very reason. common to see people take losses for other other reasons. What, am I yeah. winking? Can you see me winking? I can see you winking. You now that winking? you shaved your beard, I can see you winking. Okay, I'm just winking right now, okay? Because- yeah. Taking a loss on paper sometimes is a good thing for people because Absolutely. they get to uh, they get to have money. some money into the system from mm -hmm. other countries in the world. Exactly. Very common in North York. Anyways, Daryl, this has been our first um, broadcasted on. show live on the scene. Look at us. It went well. There was no breakups in, in the connection at all. You did you did fantastic. You got Look a great background today. Look at this. It's a lot. It's an expensive background, but it was worth it. It was worth it. And my turn it will be next week. It. I am very excited for next week. I didn't think we were actually going to pull this off, to be honest with you. Plan oh, A did. failed miserably. Miserably. Okay. That's okay. But look at us. We're resourceful. We had so many Plan B, C, and Ds. You know us. We never like give that. up. I like so, that. Thanks for being on my show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. appreciate it. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. New on Curiosity Stream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.